Hello, everybody out there on the internet, and welcome to another episode of Party of Two Pod. I'm one of your hosts, the internet's Mark Budonica. And I'm your other host, the internet's Andrea Donica. Welcome to season three. This has been a long time coming. We, we tend to, to take unannounced breaks a lot when it comes to the show and we appreciate your your diligence if you're a regular listener yeah and it's 100 percent a part of life and also uh news and current events as i'm sure this is going to especially feel for this episode this is going to be more of a prologue for season three as opposed to i'm not looking at this as episode one i'm thinking of it as like a, a foreword to everything else episode zero Kind of. We can do that. Yeah. Season three, episode zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? I it, mean, as you can see from the title, we have, there's kind of a theme. Yeah, absolutely. What, can the Disney parks go back to normal? Can any of the theme parks go back to normal? Can entertainment go back to normal after everything? If you are listening to this episode as more of a time capsule and haven't been listening to things in succession, welcome. It is April 2020, and currently the United States and many other countries, different cities around the world are on lockdown because of COVID-19. It is a sweeping pandemic that we do not currently have a vaccine for, that a lot of people are getting sick and unfortunately dying from. The hospitals around the world are not prepared to take care of this. Uh, We're still learning a lot about the virus because it's brand new. And so we're vastly underprepared. As a result of all of this, in something that we have never seen before, Every Disney theme park around the world is closed. And a lot of non-Disney theme parks as well. Yes. But uh, with, with any Disney, of the reputable ones, we'll say. With Disney being sort of the, f- the, the front runner when it comes to worldwide expansion and worldwide presence, a lot of companies and counties are, are looking to what Disney's going to do because of their widespread around the country. And say what you want about business practices. Say what you want about uh, a lot... <laughs> Of what what Disney does and has done and possibly will continue to do, there is a lot that they, a lot of information that they are privy to because they have direct access to all of these cultures, all of these different types of leadership. I I suppose because they deal some in some cases they deal with governments directly. Absolutely. I mean, you look at Bob Iger and he's kind of friends with the. All of the major leaders of the world, really, I mean, as much as he can be, uh, from from every aspect and facet of the business that he's experienced, he's been able to make friends worldwide, and he's really able to have a good uh, window into things that are going on. He's able to really converse with a lot of really top-level executives and presidents, uh, emperors, over what can be done about certain things, different insights into business, into running things around the world. And as a result, he's able to really be a strong leader in this pandemic and how businesses are operated right now. And Truthfully, Disney was one of the first major 
U.S. businesses to really lead the way. We didn't really have all that many cities that were on lockdown. California was kind of one of the first major leaders in that. And once it was discussed by Gavin Newsom, the governor over there, um, that there was talks of shutting down, Disney said, okay, well, we're not just going to shut down Disneyland. We'll close down Disney World. And then the other theme parks nearby were like, okay, well, we'll do that too. And then the businesses that were local were like, oh, okay, we'll do that too. And then the president of the United States a little while later came out and said, oh, okay, we should do stuff. And we won't get into stuff. Um, We're going to get into different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and before this, Disney was actually really proactive in putting Purell all over the parks. I mean, always every, I, I don't know how many feet it would be, but it felt like every 10 to 20 feet, I, I felt like there was a Purell station around somewhere before they did close. Um, so it did really feel like we were in probably the safest place if we were going to go out in public because they're regularly cleaning things. They, yeah. They, they clean things fairly frequently at, more than once a day, deep clean, deep clean every day, and then sort of upkeep throughout the the rest of the day. One of the things that I uh, our timing is impeccable. We were about to get universal passes. <laughs> yeah, like the weekend we were gonna go. The weekend everything was locked, starting to lock down, and. It was. I'm happy that we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> to, to say the least. We were having the conversation then, and then it was like, oh well, never mind. The decision has been made for us. Yeah. And uh, I know it's Disney in the title, but uh, Universal recently had a bit had a, a a survey come out about sort of the precautions that would be taken moving forward, and it really. A lot of industries are going to change, but considering the what's the first thing you think about when it comes to a theme park? Well, everyone's touching everything. Well, not necessarily that. To me, it's every lines. W- yeah, and everyone is on top of each other. Yeah, is just a huge crowd of people walking in unison or not, and so <laughs> definitely not. That means if at least in this current climate of the next couple of months, if you do reopen, how without like strict cast member supervision how are you going to get everybody maintaining social distance standing in certain like you've gotta the the only thing that i can see as a big help is the push of digital queuing and virtual queuing yeah but then the Go ahead. But then the problem of that is if you suddenly don't have people in line, you suddenly have them crowding other parts of the park that don't necessarily have the infrastructure in place to space people out well enough in walkways and in dining areas and everything else. So it it becomes this domino effect of, well, how do we do this? Uh, Before Universal sent out those surveys, Bob Iger was quoted Uh, a couple of weeks ago in an article discussing potential things that they were looking at 
uh, in terms of reopening the parks. One of them that he has mentioned that they're looking at is taking everyone's temperatures before they come into the park. Now, just thinking about that one thing, thinking about getting to the transportation center or going to get your bag check, where is this taking place? How are people lining up between where they park their cars or where they come from their hotels? And then the spacing of that, where does this take place? Are they going to have security tight enough to make sure that people aren't trying to book it in between social distancing measures mm -hmm. to try and skip all of that? Because you know there would be people that would do that. Do you also insist, well, everybody has to be wearing a face mask when they come in? And then how well are you able to protect cast members that are taking these temperatures, for example, because, oh, this person has a really high temperature. Well, I just took this person's temperature. Now I'm potentially at risk. Am I a healthcare worker when healthcare workers are desperately needed in hospitals right now to be taking care of the sick? These are just a billion questions that come into play when you start asking yourselves these things. But it's primarily, and Bob noted this in his verbiage for the statement that he made, it's about optics and how it looks to comfort the guests that come into the parks. And so so let me go back because yeah. you said a lot. Um, I, have, uh, I have experience with taking, like, that sort of a process. I have, I have experience in going to a public place and getting my temperature taken. And I, I can say quick and easy because uh, ear thermometer with a cover, pop in, pop the, the cover out into the trash. No direct contact of the area that makes contact with another person. Shows you, shows you the temperature. Write it down. Quick questionnaire. Sign a sign a thing saying, "Hey, I'm not exhibiting any of these symptoms," and you're in. Now, the rest of that stuff, 100%. Um, and Asimov 95, Ryan, hi Ryan, asks, "Does that then necessitate limiting the number of tickets sold to the public?" Going back to the Universal Survey, one of the questions was, uh, "In order to facilitate all of this, would you be okay with uh, a 50%?" Uh, cutback of daily attendance, which is a lot. But at the same time, if there's less people going, one, there are definitely going to be those diehards that are going to run back on the first day and be like, I want to experience all of the rides all the time and just feel like nothing's wrong. And we're not going to be those people. Uh, we're going to be the people buying spices at uh, Disney Springs. But other <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, th I think y you have to. You know, by, by limiting the amount of people, that automatically guarantees a little bit more space. But depending on what you have open and available, that also, as you were saying, limits the amount of areas that they can be in. But, and I wasn't, in terms of the virtual queuing, I wasn't saying strictly virtual queuing. Because mm -hmm. I think the first, the first step that they're going to take in, all right, we've decided what rides we're going to open, is putting down those foot things that are six feet, six feet, six feet, six feet. Mm. And while there are people that don't listen to that, this goes back to cast member uh, diligence 
of give them tasers. <laughs> Get off of that person. So I so I then think of the the people that get in. So let's all all of these restrictions are in place. If you don't have a face mask, we were we were talking earlier. It are they going to require gloves or are they going to provide gloves? Are mm. they gonna, like how is that or is it going to be that thing of we have Purell stations everywhere? We've got hand sanitizer that we bring with us everywhere uh, now. We found it at with the how of this little thing. we leave our apartment anyway. Yeah. But but we have we have enough for a while now. We we just sort of restocked on on our supply, and so me me personally. If a company on that scale feels comfortable, our precautions are going to make me feel more comfortable. Maybe not on the first couple of days, but get the the crazy people out, (laughs) in and out, and uh, let them do what they're going to do. They're going to go and complain on Twitter. Then they're going to go, oh, they never should have reopened it, and yada, yada, yada. Well, this is the other problem, too. Yeah. Like, one of the... the... I think ultimately... If you don't have a mask, you don't get in. That solves one of my major things. Mm. If you if you approach the the uh, the parking lot and you don't have a mask on, you're done. Like I would, like cool, you're done. You turn around. All right, now what about people who leave their mask in the car? You get out of your car. You're not wearing a mask. You're done. And you you are there is honestly, I would say police escort. Yeah. Ma'am, that you're you're or sir or whomever you're uh, you're causing a a a, a public service issue, a, a public a public disturbance. Uh, we would like to kindly ask you to leave. Like, you know, you're you're if you paid for parking, your parking will be refunded to you. Like all all that stuff, because that's not Disney's keeping me. It's like no, you're being you're being foolish. And now it's one thing for appearances of. You know, one of the things that was getting us down before we got masks was we were we were staying clean. We were we had our uh, hand sanitizer. We had all of that, but we were there were a the couple times when we would go out in public and we wouldn't have masks. We would have bandanas or like you know sort of uh, makeshift masks and things like that because we just didn't have access to them yet. So it's that, but it, so it's that public perception of oh well, at least they're wearing a mask. At least, you know, it. while the the numbers and the studies of what a mask can actually do in certain situations, it's still, it. while it is bizarre for the world we're, li- we're living in right now, it is also comforting to know, oh, these people care ab- about the people around them, or they care about their, their safety, they care about their children's safety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, personally... I would feel all right if it was stuff, if no mask, you're gone. Like th- already that, that is like, I, I would feel comfortable, uh, comfortable enough to return eventually. Absolutely. Um, the masks and, uh, the, uh, temperature testing is bare minimum for me, but honestly, and this was something that was part of the survey from universal as well. They were talking about having a COVID-19 full-on test that would just delay you 15 minutes to see if you were positive for the virus or not. And I would say, 
hey, that's great. Then we're really sure. <laughs> then we're like really, yeah. really confident. Like that would make me feel so much more secure about it. Of course, the problem with all of this is with the testing and vaccinations and treatment, all of this is still being figured out. A lot of it quite a ways off. You know, they're going to work as hard and as fast as they can. But these are a lot of unknowns. And a lot of people are getting more impatient with just sitting around and waiting and not having a date as opposed to... Um, just returning to normal. And the thing is, right now, I don't think that there is a way to just simply return to normal. Because if we just throw ourselves back into the thick of it, uh, there's going to definitely be a second wave. We're definitely still on the uptick overall for the U.S. And, you know, different countries have their own different respective flattening of the curve or not. And you can discuss immunity and all that. But the thing is, theme parks are places where people travel to from all over. And even if there are travel restrictions, even if there's all of these different things in place, if you have it open, it is a an open floodgate and might as well just be as busy as an airport. All it takes is one. All it takes, for the positive or the negative, all it takes is one person staying home, all it takes is one person showing up. But Devin in the chat uh, says something very true. One of the best ways to get people tested is to make them get tested if they want to do something fun. <laughs> <laughs> and That's true. And yeah. also, you want to, <laughs> you want to talk about getting people, getting people back to the parks? Disney has tests. Let's go to Disney. Let's get tested. Mm. And and like it's it's a weird thing to say and to give a corporation that much power, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm not even just saying that for Disney. You want to go to a sporting event? Well, Staples Center has a butt ton of tests. So if you want to go see the Lakers play, which will be an even longer because of all of the stuff that's going on with the NBA, let's do this. If you want to see the Kings play. You can uh, you get a get a test. Go on in. You sit three seats away. Like one of the things that is strange enough to be looking forward to when this comes back is how sports is going to work out. And if there's ever a thing where for sports stadiums, yes, we're opening back up, but you have to all of the seats are three seats away unless you're like in a group of two, a group of three, whatever. From your group to the next person, oh, you're still brushing you're still brushing past people. But aside from that. Uh, you have to sit X amount of people away and there's a lot of blank space. Heaven for me. Because yeah. there are certain events where either the seats are too small, excuse me, or there's a lot of rambunctious fans like right next to me screaming my ear off given depending on the sporting <laughs> or event. Or they stand up and they raise up their arms and oh. they're clearly not wearing deodorant. No, like... <sighs> freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, something that does concern me though, something that has been discussed and is part of the survey and also what I've been hearing from internal rumors is they're talking about reopening with 
only outdoor rides. So anything that's indoors, anything that's enclosed out of the elements, out of, for example, Orlando, Florida, the rain and the heat, Anaheim, the heat, all of these different places, um, yeah, those indoor rides, not going to be reopened because the concern is, oh, we're enclosing uh, the virus because it's not airing out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I can just say personally for myself, there is no way in heck I would want to go because one, the majority of rides do end up going indoors to the ones that are outdoors are often, you know, basic flat rides. Like I, I'm not going to rush back to Disneyland or Magic Kingdom to ride the teacups. Casey Jr., baby. You know, I want to go on Haunted Mansion. I want to go on like, Pirates of the Caribbean, Spaceship Earth, which we will get into Epcot you in a little about, bit. But. You want to talk about uh, theming. You know, atmosphere is going to be gone mm. because, like I mentioned, the first thing is you throw the six-foot things on the ground and uh thank you for calling us your favorite couple by uh, the alexis way. in alexis. chat joining us calling us her favorite couple well you and nat are our favorite couple too <laughs> we, have, we have many favorite couples you are definitely near the top of the list mm-hmm. what's up um but the all theming is gone yeah. because what are you gonna make themed social distancing probably i wouldn't put past them to put haunted mansion themed stuff but haunted mansion the main thing is you gather in a big room now then it and it's sort of the Ugh. creepy walking tour where the bookshelf opens and oh no a secret doorway and blow secret tunnel but it's <laughs> so that's gone you you know it's it'll be nice to not get you know stuffed in there by you know we're requiring x amount of people in there they're not going to be stuffing for numbers you know now they're just going to be wanting to get people in so they're not trying to get ride numbers up they're not trying to get their hourlies up they're going to they've got to secretly maintain not secretly because i just saw secret tunnel in the chat they're going to have to overtly maintain all of this stuff as such a public facing company and so in like you're going to have to have some sort of theming in order to keep people separate from each other that's the problem though because if they're too deeply in theme like i think about maybe international tourists for example that don't understand everything that's being said to them for safety spiels and whatnot you know they're not going to be paying attention they're going to blink as cast cast members as many tourists often do when they are requested please sit back down in your ride vehicle or please no flash photography. There's no longer going to be a please in there. You know, it it has to be enforced. And I I also think about the poor cast members, like if there is just, you can't just have one cast member suddenly like stuck in the stretching room at the mansion because suddenly you're you're in a room with like all of these other people outnumbering you that that's but, tough so but we're also we're also going off of the off of the supposition that we made earlier where all masks are required 
temperatures have been taken and possibly tests have been taken. That's true. And you have ma- you have made it in, still wearing a mask, possibly wearing gloves. There, are, you are as you enter and exit a ride. There are sponsored by Purell. You've got you've got <laughs> stuff as you enter in, maybe stuff that you don't. And then, and as uh, Alexis in chat states, we're getting uh, we'll then get masks. We'll get uh, like official Disney masks. Of you know, do you want some Hana Mansion wallpaper? You want some purple wall? You oh, want some Epcot? I will give them my money. See, and then if it's like, can you somebody somebody driving in doesn't have a mask? All right, he yeah, X exactly. Amount of money, here's a mask. It's and like, then, and you're not getting in unless you you buy this or you turn around. So what are you gonna do? Buy a mask, give a mask. As oh you know, gosh. as many things like that. So. uh and as devin says you can count on disney to sell you a mask at the door that's exactly right and also uh cam a character in galaxy's edge slash by two rising suns stay six feet away from me uh but as devin then pointed out after that that's a great role for stormtroopers like there are there are opportunities to stay in theming uh, and oh. stormtroopers in Galaxy's Edge would be one. Sarge in the Green Army Men in Toy Story Land. <laughs> <laughs> um, Holly, excuse me, Hollywood policeman in uh, not MGM Studios. It's not called that anymore. Hollywood Studios. Uh, there's there are police <laughs> like there, there's a lot of Arendelle guards. There's a lot of opportunities for some sort of something to kind of. Uh, like you know yeah but that the <laughs> people are going to like you said they're gonna go on to twitter and be like disney is now a police state and they're telling me what to do and i don't like it okay don't come yeah like people th- <sighs> it's just it's so hard it's so hard playing the customer service game when people are so uh ready to fight you on anything cam says put a plague doctor ghost in the haunted mansion i'm in 100% in but it but i i agree like it's people think that they have to do stuff you don't like the the certain things that yeah. you have to do are for public safety but when it's like well i'm an annual pass holder i want to go to disney but i don't agree with their practices then don't you like- actually have the option right now to not continue with your monthly payments if you haven't finished paying off your annual pass. And I got to... So one of my friends, Nate, who I miss very dearly, is not a fan of Disney's corporate po- uh, policies. Mm. And so when he saw... But he's a huge Star Wars fan. So that was already a, a, a series of complex emotions. Uh, and he saw all the stuff that there was going to be in it. But he has stuck to his guns. Not like not being a fan of Disney, just being like all of that stuff looks really cool, but I don't agree with their business practices, so I'm not gonna go. And and I, it's one of those things that I really I really respect him for. I respect him for a lot of things, but it's one of those things where you know even being a big Star Wars fan as we are, it's like oh you should definitely go. Oh, but it, but I don't agree with it, so I'm not gonna go. Oh, great, like good for like and he doesn't respect and he doesn't disrespect us and be like all right you guys go you like it have fun yeah. but I'm not you know. Maybe if they clean up their act, I'll finally end up going. Uh, so I I definitely agree with that, and I that's that's something that a lot of people can should take to heart. Oh, I don't have to do that. Yeah, you know, right now, the, there's a lot of reexamining of what normal is, and normal was never normal. 
Right. But especially right now, you, you've got to... You've got to do what makes you happy. And uh, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, you got to do what makes you happy. Right. And, you know, Disney makes us happy. We started a bloody show about it. We've got giant uh, Haunted Mansion ghosts like the ones behind us. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Cam, for a generous donation. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. I say donation. We paid you for it. Yeah. But, it <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, when you can't find it at your local Target because everyone's Target. foaming at the mouth. Target goof. For. Target goofed and put them out early. So. Man. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for coming, Alexis. But um, it, it's it's that time right now where people think that they have. You know, they. <laughs> they I haven't they have gone to rights. the beach in two years, but everything else is closed, and I'm freaking out. And ooh, it's open, so I'm gonna go there. Yeah. Don't. Oh God. Please, please don't. So we infect us. We mentioned on a stream over at Twitter, uh, twitch.tv slash Mark Budonica that uh, we were going to, we you know, we were talking about different fast food joints and what was available. And we found that there is a Whataburger about 100 miles away, about a two-hour two drive. And it would be a hell of a, a trip. We would stay in our car. We would wear face masks when, masks when appropriate. And uh, something that I think we're we're probably gonna do. Yeah. We're, and we're and we're gonna figure out a way to stream it because that's fun. But it's right outside of Jacksonville, and Jacksonville ja- Jacksonville beaches were the ones that just got reopened, and so there's still a fair amount of distance from the beach and the thing, but it's still just like, would we be contributing to the problem? And even that's sort of the thing that's making me go, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, let's, I don't let's know. Wait. Yeah. Let, let, at the very least, let's wait. But, um, in terms of Disney, a big company like that can't, can't mess this up. And I don't think, I don't think they will, you know, uh, but I think the, the stuff, the stuff that's going to go wrong is public perception. Well, and that's part of why they're, really even more so taking it seriously than maybe they did in the beginning. Um, And even then they were taking it more seriously than pretty much any other U.S. business or entity. For Disney World, on the last night that they were open, they had really this big event where the new resort president came out and did a meet and greet and said hello to fans, took pictures with them. And it ended up all over the news because, of course, it was packed with people. And Abigail Disney, obviously one of the uh, uh, one of Walt's granddaughters, mm-hmm. she retweeted out uh, an article covering that, and uh, in all caps, uh, cussing what the actual frickin' a is going on. And, uh, yeah, it's like that was bad optics. Obviously, the fans that were there were really excited and uh, weren't taking it seriously or caring about what was happening. Any of the people that had paid for their vacations and were just trying to get what they could out of it before they had to go home were really excited to be there. But from a more global standpoint, the optics were very bad. And Disney 
always says that they pride themselves on putting guest safety first above everything else. And that didn't look very good in this instance. So they're going to be even more cautious. Uh, Bob Iger was finally retiring. And it was a very immediate thing before things started shutting down uh, with the coronavirus. He, He named... Bob Chapek officially as his successor, and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm taking a step back. I'll still be a part of the board for another year, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm no longer CEO. I'm no longer head honcho. And Chapek was in charge as CEO for about a month, and then Iger came back in and said, Okay, never mind. I'm back. Help. I mean, he he was of course like already like deeply entrenched in like helping other Bob uh, Chapek <laughs> uh, learn the ropes and trying to help him. But you know, we didn't hear from Chapek at all. We didn't see him uh, it, besides the announcement. He really wasn't in the news. Uh, he wasn't getting interviewed by anyone talking about what was going on with the parks or any sort of initiatives that Disney was taking. Um, it, it ended up always being Bob Iger that you would see. And perhaps that was a direction from the board. Perhaps that was a recommendation from Iger. We don't know. Uh, but that's got to be rough. And... It's also really interesting. Iger's tried to retire many, many times now. And over and over again, he's kind of had to throw himself back in because he says, okay, now's not the best time. They need me. And uh, Well, he's he's uh, like responsible for a major bounce back when it yeah. comes to public perception and operations and things like that. You can talk what you want about Eisner and what he did he did what he made moves that eventually were were like a step one of a step two process we just didn't know that until Iger came through yeah and as a result of Iger I will say Eisner's bold uh bold that's kind of the best his way to boldness. put it his bold decision making we have things now that are pretty great when it comes to products from from the Disney company. Um, now, how you how you perceive Disney as a media conglomerate owning all of these other companies, yada yada yada. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot, but right right now with all of their experience, they're gonna help the world bounce back. Yeah, California has actually, uh, by Gavin Newsom's request, he has joined up with two other governors on the West Coast to kind of form this task force in tackling the virus and trying to get things reopened, but all being kind of on the same page. And Bob Iger and just Disney in general is a part of that task force because they recognize that, hey, not only do they know how to operate businesses locally and in the U.S., but also worldwide. And they've also run the state. That's true. (laughs) It's true. There's one, uh, it's Gavin, uh, Jerry Brown, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and two others that are like before I was cognizant of politics. So there's five 
current and for, former governors as well as uh Tim Cook and uh and Bob Iger which is amazing and uh, similarly here in Orange County uh in Orange County Florida there are uh other uh, counties surrounding it, uh, Seminole County, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, Jerry Demings, who is the, the mayor of Orange County, is looking to Walt Disney World to sort of help with smaller businesses and just like offer whatever they can in terms of information and uh, guidance to reopen and re-stimulate the area once it can open back up safely. Absolutely. And it, it's really good to see that it, while it's been kind of bizarre at first seeing big business be so heavily relied upon in the U.S. in the middle of this pandemic and kind of just being like called up onto like the White House stage or, uh, you know, in, in more local politics, it is a little comforting to know at least, you know, these people do have a lot of experience dealing with something more globally than locally. Yeah. So now that we've kind of talked through all of that, there's been naturally a lot of talk about, well, all of these new things that were announced and were being planned and built for theme parks all over what is the state of that for example disney had a lot of plans in the works a lot of things being built pretty much every single uh theme park resort had some sort of expansion that had been announced and in the works whether they had broken ground or not here in orlando epcot is a, a big epicenter for that. And the 50th anniversary is coming up next year in 2021 for Magic Kingdom. And it was supposed to be, and is supposed to be a, a really big celebration. And now a lot of that's up in the air. Disney has stopped all construction at the moment. However, Universal is still in the process of building things. Mm -hmm. uh, something that's really interesting, they are... Not that they have officially announced anything because Universal likes to really lay low on this kind of stuff, but they are building a Jurassic World coaster. And people are speculating now that because they were already, you know, far along enough in the process before the parks closed that the coaster might very well be ready by the time the parks do reopen, whenever that is. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I was sort of speculating in California with uh, Nintendo Land being built when we were le when we last went. I think we we went during D D twenty three time, right? That was and I that was right so. before our passes expired. Yeah. Um, th it was getting pretty far along in terms of uh, support structure. I haven't seen anything lately, but similarly, I mean, though California is probably a little bit more stringent than here just based on leadership um i i would wonder the same of japan was supposed to have super nintendo world open first but with this it, would california be the first one to have it because super nintendo world is going to be a part of the epic universe park for universal and that's another thing how is that coming along you know well they haven't broken ground on epic universe yet and uh I'll be honest, 
I'm very skeptical that that park is going to break ground at all at this point. Ooh, that would be bad. That would be really bad. The thing is, so Disney as a company is doing better than NBC Universal is with in in light of the pandemic and everything else that's shut down. Disney has its assets spread out pretty well enough that even though yes, pretty much the majority of their revenue has come to a standstill and it's going to hurt them really really bad they still have a little bit they they still would be able to convince uh, the market the banks enough to give them loans because they have so much potential as a company to get that money back that money. and and so much more that they they're going to be trusted even if the stocks drop, everything else, like they have that confidence. NBC Universal, not so much. I, I disagree. They've got television. They've got a lot more television than Yeah, but Disney nothing does. can shoot right now. It's not that it's shot. It's that it's being aired with commercials. And commercials can make the, make the money, make the difference. While a lot of it may be, uh, you know, they're kind of scrambling to have new stuff. There is stuff that has been shot and, and eventually the slates will start to thin out, but by not shooting, they're not losing any money by paying crews and stars and this and that. Like I, I think, I don't think they're on the same level as Disney when it comes to how well they're, they're, they're off, but I think that they're okay. I well, think yeah, they're okay right now. Mm-hmm. But the question is, how long is this going to go on for? Like, if you think about just specifically the parks just for the me. Universal parks, they before Potter, it was just dead. It they weren't really investing into it. It wasn't making a whole lot of revenue for the company. It it was bad, you know, so much so that I think they had considered uh cutting assets and uh, ryan in chat brings up a very good point they lost the olympics nbc universal was going to be airing the olympics mm-hmm. and they lost the olympics. that was a very good very good point and all of the revenue that they were going to be getting from all of that that is a big loss they but, count on that and at the same time depending on what the olympic commission comes back with in terms of things blowing over and when they're having these events that is something that they can say to the investors we still got the olympics coming and so that is something where, at least for shareholders, they have, I think they also have assurances. They have similar assurances and saying, hey, we're still getting, we're still going to be bringing you the Olympics when we can do the Olympics again and go from there. I think that's a, a huge thing for investors to be like, oh, yeah, the investors, everybody's going to want, want new stuff to watch. And the Olympics oh, is sure. usually, usually does really well. Absolutely. And now it's going to do even better because you, you want sports? Here's all of the sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think NBC Universal is, is, I mean, everybody is doing okay right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I cross my fingers for them. I really do. Yeah. I if, just, if you're watching live, she's literally crossing her I fingers. I am literally crossing my fingers for them. <laughs> but, but I am a little concerned. But I'm going to shift the focus more on to Disney right now since they've been building so many things. If we're just looking at for uh, the all-encompassing 50th anniversary, which also ropes in Epcot's 40th anniversary uh, in 2022, there's 
a lot that was announced, a lot that was going on. Right now in Magic Kingdom, they were working on building the Tron coaster mm. next to Space Mountain. Um, they have most of the newer stuff in progress over in Epcot. They have the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, Rewind um, taking place where Ellen's energy adventure used to be. Um, that's That was set to open next year as well for the 50th. Um, there was going to be a new uh, nighttime show that was going to... Harmonious. Yes. Um, and uh, and Ratatouille... Uh, the, That's done. It, it's pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, over in World Showcase. Um, that that was originally projected to be summer of this year. Oh, was it uh, spring for soft openings? Spring, spring, and summer... I mean, it's a gray sure. area, really. So, just like Remy's fur. Well, I guess he was kind of blue, bluish gray. Yeah. 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 Anyway, as as pretty as a rat can be. They made him cute as hell. They they did. I mean, if you saw the the little Remy uh, animatronic on the cheese tray come oh, through, he was those cute. things were adorable as hell. It's still really weird to me. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ever going to fully get over Crack the idea pistol. of trying to celebrate a, a rat in an eatery, even if it's a cartoon rat. Anyone can cook. And it not to go off on too too far of a tangent, he had something with that ratatouille because we tried it. It was incredible. <laughs> at the... Uh, at the what is it? We Pixar Lamplight, Lamplight Lounge. Lounge. Lamplight Lounge at Disney's California Adventure. An amazing restaurant. We went for my birthday and we got our food, took a few bites, and the fire alarm went off. So we had to leave. But <laughs> just before we did, uh, my friend Robbie and I, we both got the ratatouille. It was. It essentially looked like it looked like it did in the film, but inside all of the vegetables was a big clump of cheese. And uh, you, the best way, the best way to describe it is they did it. They accomplished to somehow with food. Look in my eyes. They somehow accomplished to do. They did the exact thing that you saw in the movie when Anton Ego took the bite of the ratatouille. It just, it takes you. Yes. Yes. yes Ryan. It sent me to my childhood. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just, it made me feel things. It was like food wars. It was weird. I was just like transported. He it was, was tearing up. You, I was no, just like, and, whoa. And I was looking at Robbie and, and we were both like having this moment and just like, oh my, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> we were we were freaking out. And then Andrea and and Stacy respectively were both like, guys, are you okay? <laughs> and then they took bites and they were like, oh my god. We're like, yeah. yeah. And then the fire alarm went off and we had to go. It was a very was confusing so, evening. It was so rough. But uh, we did get our meal for free because we never finished eating it and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh cam and chat says i never own, i never even owned a bike how do i remember scraping my knee on my bike and my mother making me ratatouille <laughs> exactly it's exactly it was the most bizarre thing but it's a it's something that i want to somehow have again if there's a way that they bring that dish here and put it in france somewhere should have carried it out in your bare hands 
let me tell you, I was going through so much emotional turmoil, it didn't even cross my mind because I was just like, uh. oh, danger. Uh, uh. If only we'd had some Tupperware. If, oh, no, if only we had a napkin. Yeah. We took the cho- we took the chopsticks. <laughs> like whatever. The chopsticks um, are cute. But but uh, yeah, the the so much huh? so much <laughs> of uh, Epcot's anniversary and so much of Epcot right now is in so much flux that I hope at the very least they can bring things down to some sort of a status quo where they've they've gotten rid of the interventions buildings they're getting rid of the frames they're blah blah blah, blah. well they ha- they've done like uh, a not full percentage of the job but like they f- they took one part of interventions slash communicore fully down yeah uh, and they've cleared it but Honestly, so so this is how I'm kind of looking at everything right now. I I do believe that Tron will still open. I do believe that Guardians of the Galaxy will still open. Ratatouille, as we said, uh, Remy's adventure is that's going to open. And I think that when the parks do reopen, though, there is speculation that Epcot won't open as soon as uh, the rest of the Disney parks in Orlando. I think they will really try to use that as a way to encourage people to come back uh, as, as a celebration of reopening the parks in general. But anything that hasn't broken ground, I honestly, I don't think that it's going to happen. And as for the restructuring of the spine in Epcot, with interventions and everything, I don't think we're going to see that uh, events pavilion go up. No, I, that's uh, got to be the up. first thing that that gets cut because that was a bad idea anyway. It, there's, they've been able to work around that all this time. They might as well continue with the booths. And the last thing that anyone's going to want to comfortably do right now is get super close between a bunch of people and get drunk and eat little foods and <laughs> and just like it, it's it's gonna be just too much of a, a disaster and like the opposite of anything that's gonna make guests comfortable. But I do believe that, like I, I'm sad to say this, I think that the space that has been cleared out with that one building, I think it's probably going to become like a rest area slash lawn, at least in the interim. And maybe they'll want to do something several years down the line, but I don't think it's going to be something that we see for a a long while if they do anything at all. One of the things that Chapek talked about in the conference was shade and (laughs) like modern greenery and things like that. And something that I think, uh, a lot of people would like something that reminds me of of back home in California is the lawn of the uh, the the Greek theater or uh, the Hollywood oh, Bowl, yeah. where it's all right. That <laughs> it seems kind of you know backwards instead of having this like high class blah blah like area where you can have hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that, of having a nice lawn where they give you like a little seat like a little foldable seat that you can put on the ground and have like a little bit of a back that's like collectible and and yada yada where you get a wonderful raised view of harmonious or of, or of whatever's in the lake at the time. And it's just this really nice and you could, you could cover it 
you, there could be some sort of an awning. There could be some sort of a, a something mm-hmm. where during the day it's it's a nice place for people, but at night it becomes one of those exclusive places where oh, do you have a wristband? Blah blah blah. But I I like like a nice grassy hill of main well maintained Disney grass instead of. A uh, a big eyesore of a building. Oh, absolutely! Especially with how beautiful the the concept art looked of how green everything's gonna be. So and he, so here's what you do when you're facing the hill from the, uh, America, the American Pavilion. It looks like a really nice green hill, like just a really oh that's beautiful over there. And on the other side of it, you put a giant statue of Tefiti. And it gets worked in to the Waters of Moana attraction. And you but you don't see that unless you're in the the Waters of Moana attraction. Oh honey, I'm so sorry. I don't think Moana is going to see the light That's of day the now. cheapest thing that they have but on the docket. It's water features that kids are going to be sticking their hands into and encouraged to. And how does the virus spread? It's going to make everybody freaking paranoid, even with all of the testing that's going to be going on. I just, I really don't think it's going to happen. And the thing is, to put that plumbing and that infrastructure underneath is expensive. It's costly. It, it might seem like one of the cheapest things that they announced on the outset, but it's really not. Not when it comes to, to building codes and, and, and everything else. It, it, it becomes a really complicated thing. So, I, he, one, not right away. Two, you, you make it interactive by having the water play with you by having you not touch it. <laughs> like... You what I mean the iconic thing about that no touching well, no touching one of that iconic one of the iconic things about that look hi Bruce what's up <laughs> Bruce is here <laughs> <laughs> no more weddings at Disney you bet your ass they're gonna bring those things back um, but uh, in terms of in terms of the Moana attraction you like you see it's Moana walking out there not being any water and you stepping up and being able to look at a wall of the ocean. And the water being kind of a, a tricksy, tricksy jerk, and so, so as you reach your hand out, it just goes like no. Yeah, it like like it just separates for where you would put your hand, and then you that still incorporates play, but you there's no direct contact with water. Okay, well maybe maybe, In but terms I'm of like, still I'm just I'm just skeptical that it's gonna get built. I that, think it that, will. That, that that's just the the basic of things. I think what. I think what Imagineering is going to be asked to do is they're going to have to uh, take a secondary look at the remaining buildings that have been left up of Innoventions and Communicore and find ways uh, that was actually in a different proposal was to reallocate them for what they were trying to do with all of these expansions in the first place, have one part be shopping area, one part be focused to events, you know, uh, different things of that nature. Ryan and chat, pool chlorine has been proven to kill coronavirus. Oh, well, that's a freaking relief. I wish I could go swimming right now. <laughs> yeah, our pool is closed at and our, it's at our so building. it's so hot here. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, uh so, huh. so that that could be something that can happen. But similarly, 
the play pavilion that was announced that would be coming to Epcot is going to have some, well, was announced to have some sort of a like dance aerobics, uh, uh, water balloon fights. Like, Oh, don't worry. We're not going to drink the well, chlorine no, the ki- water. The, kid, the kids would, if, if. but that would kill the, anyway, <laughs> kill the virus. Might kill some children too. I, I don't know. At least in large quantities. Chlorine, chlorine that's safe for consumption. <laughs> Enough chlorine that is safe enough to consume. You know, it, like you know, it's, those, those things are are discussed. Well, no, like, what sort it, of like it's just in the middle of all of this. Like you start to think about all of the things that you've just kind of casually ignored that could kill you or could you, could make you ill, mm-hmm. and now suddenly you look at everything with this uh, completely different set of eyes, going, "Who licked this?" Who touched this? Who sneezed on this? Licked is your first question? When you're at the parks, it is a very legitimate thing to You know ask. what? That's fair. Like, shortly after everything got closed, there was a video posted of a kid just licking a handrail. I was like, first of all, what, <laughs> what is your parent doing to not just go, hey, snap, and just smack that, like, ah, like... People don't uh, pay attention. And and then, what is the, how does the kid go, You like... What's Kids the do weird things. They yeah. see like used gum on the ground and they go, I should stick this in my mouth. Yo, that's grape flavored. That's primo. <laughs> it's nasty. Man, that gum wall in uh, Washington's probably not. <gasps> it's already gross. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't know about the play pavilion. I, I'm going to be honest with you. They, they're definitely... They were shooting to have it open for the 50th anniversary. I know that that was their aim. The thing is, because it's all in an enclosed space, we really don't know how far along they came, but it definitely sounds like the pieces that they were going to install into the building were already mostly prefabricated and ready to be installed. It looked like it was just going to be a lot of flats and a lot of projections. Yeah. So in terms of... It being a place, it's probably something that get pulled off. And like as a cool place to relax during the summer, at least to have the building of like, there's probably a way. Actually, it could be used as a tool. It could be used as a, a tool to teach kids like proper, like proper safe ways to play right now. Hmm. And by disguising it. So that's that's one of the things that, that Disney, I think, could always be good at. And something that Epcot was good at was disguising education as fun. And, and some kids don't think that school is fun or education is fun. But part of the things that parents are learning right now is how to make education fun so that they can stay sane. Uh, so I think figuring... Maybe not the same slate of stuff for the Play Pavilion, but... Figuring out what to what they can promote in the play pavilion in order to get kids to properly and safely practice certain social n- new social norms. That yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. And honestly, they were going to be using a lot of you know video games that could be used in virtual reality or just in the physical space. A lot of the concept art was kind of vague in how things were going to be implemented. So I think that any adjustments that are going to be made along the way, we wouldn't be able to tell in the first place. I think that there's a lot of potential for what they can do, what they can possibly do to scale things back 
to not sink as much money into the project and no one's going to be able to tell the difference. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be very helpful for them. Um, I'm concerned about Magic Kingdom and how much it's going to, besides maybe having, you know, a new set of spirit jerseys, a new color that gets featured in cupcakes and a couple of banners. I'm concerned if they're going to do much of anything at all. I I do think that they're going to try and push to get Tron open as soon as they possibly can. But again, it becomes a question of when the parks reopen. Castle. The, the castle the, the is castle in the middle in the of middle, repainting. The castle is in the middle of getting repainted. They're gonna they're gonna touch the castle up. It's gonna look different. It's gonna look nice. What are they gonna do for nighttime entertainment? Is there gonna be a? You don't want to do a parade because it's a lot of people uh, crowded for a certain amount of time. Like that nighttime nighttime entertainment is is big because that's usually that's the kiss goodnight. Like what? Uh, I bet tr- pin trading is out. That's a very good assessment because that's literally here. Touch this thing that I've just touched. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I mean, they're going to still sell pins, but they're not, they're not going to, uh, <laughs> cast members aren't going to wear pins because the cast member, uh, uh, what's, what's the word? The, the modus operandi. That wasn't the word I was looking for, but I guess that's the, uh, the Latin is what came to me first. But is if somebody wants to trade, you say yes. So if you see a cast member wearing pins and you ask, hey, can I first kind of see your pins and then, hey, can I trade this pin with you? They're supposed to do it and encourage that sort of a thing. So cast members aren't going to wear pins because yeah. they're not going to trade pins. There's not going to be pin boards out. There are there, You will be able to buy pins, you bet your ass, because they're available on shopdisney.com right now. But <laughs> that's a very good assessment. The pin trading is not going to be coming back anytime soon. Uh, probably uh, five years. I give it five years. There's also the suggestion that when the parks do reopen, that they won't be doing any parades, any entertainment, no shows whatsoever. So in no places where people would be sitting indoors. So uh, like your 3D films or 4D, I guess I should say, wouldn't be coming back just like the fireworks wouldn't be coming back because then you just encourage a lot of people to cluster into a certain space to get their best viewing of whatever the show is. You know what that means? Hmm. No country bears. Oh. No country bears for old men or young men. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm no spring chicken, but uh that's that's very sad. If they do, there there has been the suggestion of, you know, like spacing people out a certain way. Country Bears, because it's all uh, because it's all benches and it's not necessarily individual seats, I can see them doing separate like row, break, row, break, row, break. And then in those breaks is a certain certain allotment for things. And then, all right, go stop, sit, all right, go stop, sit. So it's doable i think i think ride vehicles in general if they are not single single party are going to be spaced out to the max and i don't that's not a space mountain joke but it's a thing of like first of all you're going to be sitting down in places where other people have sitting have been sitting so what is going to be the cleaning of those there's been the suggestion that they would that they might actually send out the ride vehicles like maybe every other ride vehicle is empty and while they're in the, 
in the process of loading and unloading, a cast oh. member would come and sanitize the ride vehicle that was just vacated. And so then by the time that ride vehicle comes back, um, all of the uh, all of the disinfectant would have dried right. off and cleaned off. And then a fresh set of people would be able to sit down and it would be clean and dry and fine. That I'm I'm super down with. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like, because if even, but even then with stuff like a Pirates of the Caribbean, is it row, row, row one, row three, row five, or Potentially. is it row one, row six? It could be that as well. I mean, they, they might take the, the literal six feet um, you've, you've got it. Yeah, that that's probably what they're going to like, end please, up doing. Please practice that. And I think, again, Disney being so public-facing, they're going to have to adhere to certain things that makes them more of a uh, more of a proper representation for the world of this is what this is what Disney's doing. We have to do what Disney's doing because yeah. they're doing it right. Absolutely, they they are looked at as setting the first example as they did at the beginning of this in the US that's probably how they're going to continue to be viewed mm-hmm. so they're going to have to take that initiative in terms of how many people are going to be able to go to the parks how many people are going to be able to experience them how much capacity is going to be built up it's not it's not going to be a walk in the park um I think about Rise of the Resistance, for example, at Hollywood Studios. And we all know what a crazy, crazy feat it is for people to get up, you know, three, four hours before the park was even going to open and then cluster into this insane crowd to just try to get on their phones Um to be part of a boarding group as soon as the gates would open and they could pass through. That's just not going to be doable. They, they can't do that. There's, there's one of two things are going to happen. One star Wars line is going to be closed. And I 100% think that that's the option that they're going to go for. And galaxy's edge will be closed because people got to go to the cantina. Well, the cantina is designed to be, very densely yeah. populated. Poor Rex is going to be so lonely. Rex is going to be playing a nobody for a while, but he won't know because he's shut down. Um, True. Rise of the Resistance is all about that that world, uh, getting lost in that world. And without going too much into the presentation, there are a lot of moments that would be lost due to all of the modern stuff. So, one, that's a blessing for the ride because the ride gets more time to get tested out technologically and be a lot more uh, reliable. So, you know, I, it's it's hard to say this as people who have been on the ride versus people who haven't been on the ride, but trust us when we say all of this downtime will be a godsend when the ride does go come back up because yeah. not when this is blown over, but when all of the new when all of the new cleanliness things are in place, when uh when Vaccines are introduced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When all when that stuff. When the new normal is figured out. When the new normal is figured out, this will be the thing that people need to go, ah, some sort of semblance of normal. Yeah. Because right now, as much as I would love to go on that ride again, or I would love to go to Oga's Canteen or all of that stuff, they'll figure out a way 
to serve like some of that food elsewhere and and they'll they'll figure something out but i i can't in if if i was in charge of operations i would say in good conscience we cannot open up galaxy's edge galaxy's edge cannot be available because the the whole nature of that is being closed together I want a Ronto wrap. I do too, like a lot. But yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why. That but that's the thing of, okay, the land isn't open, but you can get blue milk from here. You can yeah. get green milk from here. You can get a Ronto wrap from here. Um, you know, maybe you can't get uh, uh some Kadu ribs, but you know they'll they'll figure out a way to get those those Star Wars fans in. They'll they'll figure out a way to put that merchandise from Doc Ondar's somewhere. You know, yeah, they'll, absolutely. They'll, they will figure something out. But honestly, if there's anything, and and as I love, I love Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, you love get we we love it. It's, it's w- one of our favorite amazing. places to just wander and be and exist. Even when we're in Epcot, we get on the the oh. Speaking of, we get on the gondolas, which now will probably be one party only, which will be great because we hate traveling with other parties. You know, on the on the forums and all of the uh, the Disney uh, conversational social media areas that I visit, some people were saying, you know, the the one ride right now that is looking the best for all of this are the uh, the Skyliner buckets, and I'm like, yeah. Bucket. Bucket. So with with all of those, mm, I just took a bad swallow. Excuse me. Uh oh. So go. I wouldn't I wouldn't open Galaxy's Edge for any reason. Yeah. But like we would we would take the the buckets from Epcot, get some food at Galaxy's Edge, and then come back. It is an amazing land, but and an amazing technical achievement. But you cannot you cannot have that land open if you even even with all of the safety precautions that I'd be like, cool. I don't think that it should be open. And it's really unfortunate, too, because Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was open for literally two weeks. Two weeks. We were lucky enough to go. And we will do a review on it on here, which will be the one semi-normal feeling episode, I think, uh, anytime soon. Yeah. But... It, it's just a, a brand new ride is just sitting there. There there are brand new things or things that are almost ready that are just sitting there. I've been waiting, waiting. to ride that Tron coaster since it was announced yeah. for uh, for Shanghai. And we saw all of the stuff at that D23 where it was announced. And I was just like, this is... I Okay. we've As we've said on the show before, but it may be a surprise to anybody who's watching us for the first time right now. I really don't like Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom compared to Disneyland, compared to Paris, is just... I mean, Paris Paris has a lot of room and uses it a lot better than Magic Kingdom does. It does. Magic Kingdom has a lot of room. They have a lot of walkways. They have a, you you know, can thank Tony Baxter for that. There's a lot of stuff that it does well, that Magic Kingdom does well. But there are just the couple of things that, to me, make it such an inferior park to the other three on property. Yeah, even Hollywood Studios. Like, Hollywood Studios is making strides. Uh, but I, I would say, maybe as a... If, if you had a... Yeah, no, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. And but, that's fine. Yeah. And that's fine. Because there's a lot of personal biases that I have. And, and, and I'm not trying to hold these biases to anybody else. But one of my, my biggest issues with Magic Kingdom is the ability to get in and out of the park. There are so many different steps that you that you need to take in order 
to scan your magic band or card or whatever and get in. And the ease of parking at the Mickey and Friends parking lot or Mickey and Friends parking structure, the Pixar Pals parking lot, and either walking or getting on a single tram to get in is a part of the Disneyland, the Disneyland experience. Mm-hmm. So we're used to that. We're very used to that. But the Magic Kingdom experience of driving to the to the travel hub, getting on a tram, tram doesn't take you all the way, so you've got to get off and you've got to walk, though that might be finished by the time they open back up, the new drop-off. Which I would love. Um, all of the tra- new tra- tra- all of the new tram drop off areas. I would hope to goodness are, are ready. Well, at least Epcot was done. Epcot's was done. Um, Animal Kingdoms was getting there. Magic Kingdoms was getting. So regardless, you have to get to a travel. You have to get through to another hub, and then you have to choose whether you go on the monorail or a boat to get in. And when it comes to if you want to visit Epcot. You can't just get on a bus. You have to take a monorail or you have to like, there are so many, there are so many options that you think you have that you don't. And we've come uh, directly in contact with the negatives of it to a point where it's really made me want to not visit the park as often as I should, because it's, it's a bit of a reminder of California and being sort of like a mirror world of the land that we love so much. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. I, I but that mean, that Tron coaster boy. Ooh boy. I'm going <laughs> to like, all right, what do you want to do? I'm going to be here all day. Just listening to these sweet tunes and being in this, like the whole area, the whole Tomorrowland area in Shanghai where in and around where the Tron coaster is, is mint is like, this is my aesthetic to a T goodness me. What a, what a wonderful area. Like it literally a modern, like Zen garden, like a a future Zen garden that takes the idea of Tomorrowland and go, Oh yeah, that still looks like the future. Like even though it's, it's a modern created future, it still looks like the future because we haven't hit that future yet. And I don't know if we ever will. It's, it's, our idealized version of the future. And yep. that's always how Tomorrowland is going to be seen in its best way. As long as you keep that fresh as what we see the future as being in the present, then it's going to be relevant. Then it's going to be appealing. But when you don't keep it fresh, then it just gets old. Yeah. And that's one of the great things with um, Discovery Land in, in Paris. So yeah, there's a there's so much good that can come depending on when it does come, and one of the things that I was looking forward to with the Tron coaster opening was Space Mountain closing because that needs that needs to get as Al puts it in chat fresh to death because the current version of Space Mountain is still very popular and that's fine enjoy it I don't because this is another reason why he doesn't like going to magic kingdom because i like to go on it and that's fine like it's it's a rough around the edges version of pre uh whenever matterhorn in california got touched up and got a like not necessarily a fresh track but right because everything that made it a lot easier to ride even as a tall person but you hated it more after the switch over well i hated the seats but the ride was still the ride was still He's never going to go on Matterhorn again. I'm just saying. I might, I might give it a shot when we go back just for nostalgia's sake. But the I'll cry of happiness if that's the truth. Tears of joy, baby. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where 
it's still the same ride from when the park opened. Yeah. There have been some touch-ups and some technical touch-ups, but just looking at the benefits from when Space Mountain in California got touched up for the 50th. Well, that was primo. That Yeah. You switched from a wooden track to a steel track, finally. And I, I think you can still keep the same vibe, but if you switch up the track and the infrastructure, you refresh that infrastructure, maybe touch up the the tracks or not well not the tracks, but touch up the the ride vehicles. Like, oh, it's it's rad. Uh, Ryan in chat says hyperspace mountain was so cool the one time I was able to go. Hyperspace Mountain was great. I loved Hyperspace Mountain. And it, I, it really felt like you were flying with the X-Wings. Like, mm-hmm. if you got to sit in the front seat, uh, my favorite thing was to just, like, reach out my hands and just... <sighs> Childhood dreams. Now, you want to talk about uh, one-time versions of Space Mountain that were really good. Rockin' Space Mountain <laughs> got poo-pooed on a lot. It was a special event during one spring back in the mid-2000s where... Uh, California Screamin' and Space Mountain were themed to songs from the uh, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was around the world in uh, on California Screamin', which was awesome. I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of my favorite bands, and that's one of my favorite songs. But then they used their cover of Higher Ground for Space Mountain, and they used one of our local DJs as sort of the uh, the um, operations. Of like uh, time to blast off, rock and rockers, or or whatever, hmm. and all of the imagery. It felt like uh, a con. It felt like rock and roller coaster. Like now that we've been on rock and roller coaster, it felt like rock and roller coaster, um, but with a band that I identified with a little bit more. And uh, look it up, Ryan. Look it up. Look up a uh, rock and roller coaster. And it got to the point where somebody provided. It was their- a special thing for grad night. It, well, it, no, it was during the day too. No, the grad night was uh, 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 Stank. Oh, that's right. I forgot. And we, and we wanted to go on ho- the Hoobastank version, but the line was way <laughs> too long. But uh, this was spring during the day. And to keep all of that, they kept all of that stuff up for grad night. And they were going to switch out the music every year. Um, you're giving me flashes of the Power Rangers music. It wasn't Van Halen. But um, the I, I loved it so much. And it was just not popular. It didn't test well. Somebody provided the track, like the whole track of the ride. I put it on my iPod, just iPod at the time, and would play it any subsequent time we would go on the ride because I had I loved it so much. Never came back, and that's fine, and that's understandable. But uh, I don't even know how we got onto that topic. But Oh, just re- refurbing Space Mountain. Yeah. But that... That stuff was all possible because of the new ride vehicles that they introduced as well that upped capacity. And the sound system was blasted even further with that new Michael Giacchino score. While it wasn't Dick Dale, it was, it was still good. I loved the Dick Dale soundtrack, and I, I still miss that one. I know a lot of people right now are like, oh, while the parks are closed, like, why don't they just finish this? Why don't they just finish that? Do all of the construction. Um, as... Uh, Tink point or Pink pointed out earlier. Um, That's Kayla, wh- by the way. Okay, hi. Um, why don't they fix the Yeti for Expedition Everest? Um, these are all things that would be wonderful if they could happen. Um, but I think, and, and this is just primarily what it's all going back to: it's money and Disney not knowing how long things are going to be closed for. And not um, 
with the amount of stuff that they announced, like Mary Poppins, for example, for the really the very vague concept that they announced at D23, I don't think that's going to happen now well, I also at all. Think- and it was already a very scaled down thing from what I was hearing. They were talking about making it a teacup ride. Uh, at one point, or a basic flat ride, or uh, a carousel. Um, Sorry, which one? For Mary Poppins. That's right. That's right. Woof. Yeah. Like the, uh, like they they were very vague, probably on purpose, as a as a big test. The reaction was so strong. That's all to me. That's also got to be a. All right, we're gonna wait on that. Yeah, because it, well, you think about how they're focusing so much on these major IPs that they see that they have. And I don't think that they really fully recognize how big of a piece of gold they have with Mary Poppins. It is one of their treasures. And the fact that they have focused so much on the more uh, the sequel and that they were kind of going in the Emily Blunt direction. It's like, okay, like... Well, at the we same we time, all still kind of we all still saw the movie, but it's not it's not the original. And if you're going to finally capitalize on that after all this time, and you're just gonna do like a spinner ride, it's just not enough. Like if you're gonna do it after all this time, you have to you have to really do it. At the same time, the even though there's only two movies to go off of, I treat it as like a James Bond where a movie may not necessarily be hmm. about the it may not be about a character it's about a feeling you want that cool spy with the cool car and the cool tech do it with the hot women and the blah 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 but then when it then when it's Mary Poppins you want you want that childhood magic feeling yeah. and there were plenty of instances of that in the new movie absolutely the one of the oh, like especially thinking about the world right now just thinking about the let's go fly a kite scene right now. Ooh, it's still. Oh, honey. Like, we <laughs> no, it, because. Think, think about that. Yeah, you like, just you just. want to go out to a park and fly a kite. Yeah. How nice does that sound right now? And even more so with. And, and I forgive me for not knowing, and I even have the record and I haven't listened to it in a while. But whatever the, the final track, whatever the, the finale was for Returns. Yeah. Gave me that same feeling. The same, like, the same feeling that let's go fly a kite. It gives me any time I watch that or listen to that, and and that's that's what I kind of when I realized that M- Mary Poppins as a character is a vehicle for one the imagination and two just that childlike feeling of wonder. Yeah. And I I I think it's less of I think it's less of going with a particular image of what Mary Poppins is. And you go for the some iconic stuff that you know. Oh, Mary's been here. I don't. Th- I think mm. we should jaws it. I don't think we should see Mary. I think we should know that Mary has been, or like, or like we leprechaun it, where. But maybe, Mary has to bring us in. So what? So there, there is a way to do that. Mm. I think with implying that it maybe hearing, maybe seeing, maybe you do. So similarly to what they did in. Um, uh, 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 Force Awakens with hearing Obi-Wan Kenobi, you got a little bit of Ewan, you got a little bit of James Arnold Taylor, and you got a little bit of Sir Alec Guinness. If they do some sort of an amalgam to where you're hearing a little bit of Emily Blunt, you're hearing a little bit of Julie Andrews, but you know, you know that that's Mary. 
you 100% know that that's Mary. But just that feeling. That sounds kind of creepy to me, the way you're describing it. I mean, I know that that's not... Like, it's been done. Uh, with the uh, with Star Wars, it's one thing uh, for fo- for Force Ghosts. I don't know if I'd be happy to hear that with Mary. I- I'd like a more personal experience that way. Uh, but regardless, regardless, they're spending a lot of money just trying to maintain things being closed. They've had to furlough a lot of their cast members. Disney has had to lay off a lot of their employees in general, and we don't know how long this is going to go for. Um, We're not going to speculate on here how long things are going to be closed for because we don't know. We don't know, and um, uh, I've seen a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to guess it. I feel like we're inundated with articles Um, and commentary of people trying to guess. And I don't think that it's really worth doing until we see what happens. And it's one of those things where you just have to wait and see. Um, So that's why we're not going to be focusing on that for this season. We're going to be focusing on um, the things about the parks that make us feel like children again, that make us feel special, that, that transport us to another world. Theme parks for, uh, and I mean, this can be for just anybody, but especially for American, for the American public, it is part of our culture. Mm -hmm. Disney is a, just naturally ties into our identity as Americans. It, it is something that has tied us all together. It gives us fond memories of the past while we savor the challenges and promises of the future. Got it. Nailed it. And that's something that is worth embracing right now. It is something worth being positive about. It is something worth celebrating. And it is something that connects us all together uh, in humanity, not just in America, but all over the world. And that is what we're going to focus on for this season. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being on this crazy ride for this prologue episode with us. Um, thank you for chatting with us on the stream. And uh, for any uh, more specific questions or comments, we'll be going into that uh, as we're closing this off. And also um, tweet anything at us at Party of Two Pod. I think what we're going to do is we're going to close the episode for the audio version and we're going to keep streaming and talk a little bit Absolutely. with some of the folks that are watching with us live. So um, make sure if you are if you want to be a part of that conversation, follow the Twitch account, twitch.tv slash markbdonica. That's where we will be streaming the show anytime we record it live. Make sure to join us there. But uh, if you're listening to us audio-wise, we really appreciate it. If you're listening to us on Anchor, uh, thank you for your support. Uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast in general, if you want to, if you want to help support the show, go to Anchor.fm/partyof2pod and sign up either for a paid subscription, which is a, a month. It's sort of like a Patreon, but it's it's more of a uh, it, it's a little bit looser in terms of you just want to help see the show grow. 
We really appreciate it if you do that. Or you can go to tpublic.com slash party of two, where we do have a fair amount of merchandise up. We've got stuff for Tron lovers, for uh, Figment lovers, for... Uh, I'm a big fan of the Main Street Electrical Parade, and there's a joke that I put up on there that is kind of uh, mean, but is 100% accurate. So tpublic.com slash party of two pod. Follow us on Twitter at party of two pod. And uh, if you want to see the show grow, check us out at any of those locations. Go to Mark Budonica on Twitch again. There's a lot of other stuff that's going to be streamed there as well with Andrea and myself. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for your support. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, if you want to engage with me and uh, the cesspool that's Diz Twitter, you can find me at DoleWhipDrea. And uh, I'll be happy to talk with you. And you can find me on Twitter at MarkBDonica. Uh, thank you so much for everybody for joining us for this episode of Party of Two. We will see you on the next ride. <laughs>